Matt Dathan is with us from the UK and I understand there's a new scandal as of today that's overtaken all others in the UK. We covered it on Morning Report, no less. Uh, I'm talking about the salt and tea drama. What, what is the background to this? <laughs> yeah, that's right. An American professor uh, commissioned some research to see whether it made a diff- the, the shape of tea bags made a difference to your the taste of the tea. Um, God knows why they thought it necessary to do this research, but um, it didn't. Uh, it didn't end. The, the outcome didn't end up as they imagined, and they, the, the professor actually found out that putting salt in the tea um, is a good way of getting rid of the bitterness. Um, but uh, it's caused a whole furore over here in the UK. Um, as ever, uh, us Brits don't like taking advice from Americans when it comes to cups of tea, um, and certainly not when they advise putting salt in it. So, um, yeah, it's caused a, a new diplomatic uh, row between Crisis. the two countries. I thought a cube of sugar was what was supposed to take away the bitterness. But anyway, uh, let's look at some of the uh, other stuff that is going on. Um, Rishi Sunak uh, seemed to have had a bit of a plateau in terms of the um, uh, the Conservative Party's simmering internal wars. But has that has that run out already? Yeah, he had about five or six days of relative calm, especially well for him. Uh, last week, he managed to uh, get through the big boats on Rwanda on his uh, controversial legislation to send migrants to the African country, uh, despite a rebellion from Tory MPs. Um, and this has come on the back of uh, a lot of uh, criticism that he's faced, a big poll that was commissioned by uh, some of his opponents to show just how poorly the Tories will perform in the general election. Um, but there was relative calm, as I say, of, of five or six days, fairly quiet here in the UK. I mean, in fact, I was discussing with my colleagues just how uh, politically quiet it's been and um, how we need another sort of big storm to take off. And uh, and uh, lo and behold, um, overnight last night, uh, Sir Simon Clark, who is a former cabinet minister, a senior Tory MP on the backbenches, uh, someone who actually served as Rishi Sunak's deputy when he was Chancellor in the Treasury, um, has come out with an article in the Daily Telegraph um, calling for Sunak uh, to quit or to be removed um, and saying, well, claiming that um, getting a, a third uh, Tory leadership contest in two years would be better. Um, it would leave the party um, better at the general election than it would do if they went into the general election with Rishi Sunak. And this is on the back of polling, which last week showed the Tories are 27 points behind Labour at the moment. Um, this is the worst poll rating since uh, those days of Liz Truss uh, back in 2000, uh, 2022. So it's uh, really rocked the party. It's caused a new uh, civil war between um, between the warring factions. A lot of um, MPs and members of the government um, reacted furiously to Simon Clark, saying, look how uh, much we have uh, warred over the last few years. Let's, we need to just unite, put our differences behind us and focus on our con- common enemy, which is the Labour Party. Um, but um, but no, the, the Tories keep on gifting Labour uh, an open goal um, and it looks like um, uh, things will probably only get worse because you've got the local elections in May where we expect the Tories to be trounced, to lose hundreds of councillors. Um, and and then, obviously, that's uh, going to be very bad news for the party because they'll have fewer people to go out and campaign, fewer people to represent them in local councils ahead of that all-important general election um, that we expect in the autumn. Now, the uh, Chancellor's not ex- um, escaping scrutiny at the moment either. What's, uh, what is your independent budget watchdog? I suppose that is what it says, but I'm interested in where it sits in the whole system. 
Yeah, it's the Office for Budget Responsibility. Uh, it, it was um, created by George Osborne back in 2011, I think it was, uh, basically to provide independent forecasts for the British economy. So so that uh, over a longer term, people could be much more confident about um, uh, where the economy was heading. And it would also assess uh, the implications of um, tax uh, tax and spending policy by the government um, and, and each sort of economic um, statement that's made, whether that be the budget or the autumn statement. It, it, um, it's uh, given the Treasury's um, tax and spending uh, plans for the next few years, and it works out just how much uh just how much fiscal headroom you know the, the amount of money that the government has to spend um each year and basically in the in the autumn uh the the chancellor jeremy jeremy hunt um the fairly last minute decided not to do uh, the normal spending review which is to calculate how much money each department would have to spend over the next 3 or 4 years um and uh, it, it's it's thought that this is to basically um to just to, to to help withhold as much information from the Labour Party as possible, so they don't know what you know how much money there is to spend before they go into government and sort of lay sort of traps for Keir Starmer. But it also meant that the Office for Budget Responsibility just um, was basically blinded to what the public finances are, and um, and it basically had to make forecasts based on very little evidence from the from the Treasury. And uh, in a quite an unprecedented move, the um, the head of the uh, Office of Budget Responsibility came out and attacked, um, criticised Jeremy Hunt for, for withholding so much information and saying it was worse than a um, piece of fiction. Uh, the, the, just having a little bit of trouble with your. Um... So it's quite damaging, really, for the Tories, you know, party that um, prides itself, uh, because it comes obviously after. Um... Yes, I thought Hello? so. Just having a bit of problems with your line, Matt, but carry on. I think we're okay for now. Yes, so this, this it was a quite da- damaging for the Tories because obviously you had um, Kwasi Kwarteng, the previous Chancellor, who'd. Um, who'd announced as many budgets. So economically, it's very bad for the, the Tory party. But um, they're gambling on the budget in the March, providing them with an opportunity to show they are the party that will cut taxes out of the, ele- out of the election. And we expect them to make some pretty big headline cuts in income tax and national insurance in, in March. Now, a very interesting call from the head of the UK army. Can you explain it, please? Yes, basically the head of the uh, UK Army is basically uh, discussing how to build a force of up to half a million people through uh, through basically making citizens um, prepared uh, for army, a new citizen army in case Britain is dragged into a, a conflict such as uh, you know full-scale war with a country the size of Russia, for example. Um, he says within three years Britain should have a larger army of 120,000, so that's uh, an increase of about 40,000 people. Um, regular soldiers um, and he's, he says we need reserves and a strategic reserve of former service personnel who could be called at any moment um, and he, he said that even that size would not be enough to win a war uh, and we must take steps to ensure the public um, was on a war footing when needed uh, he said um, and laying foundation for national mobilisation was a prudent approach it's quite a it's quite an interesting sort of new direction uh, of travel for for the head of the UK army um and one that i think has raised a few eyebrows um uh, in government
Is it being seen as a bit OTT, so to speak, or is he being prudent? I think he is probably being OTT. I, mean, I think uh, the idea of a conventional war breaking out, um, obviously there is a current war in, in, in Europe, but um, a conventional war breaking out uh, involving UK troops still thankfully seems quite uh, unrealistic at the moment. But um, I guess, as you said, he's being prudent and that's his, that's his job to head of the UK army always needs to be ready for, for any eventuality. Do you have a tradition there of reservists or, or territorials, I think we call them here, the citizens who, who, who part-time train um, in, in, in army uh, manoeuvres and disciplines? Is that any sort of a tradition in the UK? Yeah, there is. Yeah, It's the same here, territorial army, um, and it's got a proud tradition of... Um, and a pretty highly skilled uh, reserve army as well. So, yeah, one might argue that there is already that infrastructure and that um, in place in case of that scenario. Now, what is happening with respect to British expats and their ability to vote? Yeah, this is quite an interesting development that um, could have an impact on the next general election because um, there's uh, in 2002, go back a bit of history, the Labour government. Um, basically barred anyone from voting in UK elections if you've been outside of the UK for more than 15 years. But that rule was changed by the government in, in uh, well, 2022. And um, it would allow uh, anyone to vote uh, who's been abroad even for more than 15 years, as long as they can register and, and provide evidence that they were a UK resident, well, UK citizen, um, which and, and the rules came into effect this month. So we're starting to find out just how many expats there are who do want to vote I and mean, it's very hard to it was very hard to uh, to forecast how many people would want to take part in uk elections abroad it's also very hard to know where they would vote because they need a constituency to vote in as well um so we we believe it's the last um, their last known location in the uk um, but already there's been eighteen thousand people who have signed up to vote um who have not previously voted in uk elections in the last 15 years so if it's only if it's, if it's 18,000 in just sort of 18 the first 18 days of January the the, the forecasts are that the the number of experts voting in the next election will be quite big uh, and that could actually have um, an interesting impact on the outcome of the election um, traditionally I was talking to, I was actually talking to people about um, how, how this might impact the election and traditionally we see expats of, of being a bit more smallly conservative, but um, they believe that since Brexit, that uh, those expats are now more likely to vote for a party like the uh, Labour Party or the Lib Dems. So it might actually have it might actually um, help Keir Starmer win the election over Rishi Sunak. Thanks so much, Matt Dathan is Home Affairs editor at the Times.